People have been hunting birds since the dawn of time. They've been hunted for food, for feathers, and more recently for pleasure and sport. People hunt many different types of birds for many different reasons. And you are about to hear some of the stories behind these reasons. This is the GoHuntBirds.com podcast. of the GoHuntBirds.com podcast. I'm your host, Mark Lapp here. I'm the owner and the founder of GoHuntBirds. I've been running this show for 10 years now, and uh, the podcast, I want to say, for, for over six years. I've got over 100-plus episodes in the pipeline now, and uh, it's been a lot of fun recording these. Today is Friday, December the 8th, and I want to chat about uh, what I've learned from taking kids hunting. I have had the absolute pleasure of taking a lot of kids hunting over the years. Uh, when we started the hunt club years ago, we decided as a group that we would get involved with a youth mentorship hunt program that we used to do. Um, so what that entailed is our group of guys, the, the uh, guys in our hunt club at the time and, and over the years, would uh, volunteer our time. We'd sit on a committee where... There was a couple of guys that were firearms instructors. There was a couple of conservation officers. Uh, we had the president of Safari Club International, one of the members uh, on the board for the Ontario Federation of Anglers and Hunters. We'd have a couple of meetings throughout the early part of the spring where we would get kids to write an essay of why they would want to get their hunting license. We'd send that out to all of the high schools within Renfrew County, which is where I live. And we would choose 20 kids that uh, would ultimately pay about 100 bucks to get their hunting license and their firearm safety course. Kids would do that in April. And then we would have a family barbecue day in August where we would kind of show them how to, uh, you know, shoot a firearm and, um, you know, do some skeet shooting, get in and out of a layup line, getting in and out of a duck boat, uh, do some safety stuff over hunting with dogs and uh, ultimately we would then take them hunting in September that would uh, coincide with the waterfowl heritage days that used to be a part of the uh, federal waterfowl hunting. So I think we won, I think we did that for 10 years or, or, or awful close to 10 years, you know, and so 20 kids roughly per year, we probably put 140 or so or more kids through that program. We would uh, get some corporate sponsors involved, uh, Cabela's and Bass Pro and Kent Cartridge and uh, some of the call companies that I had partnerships with, uh, some of the other local waterfowl hunters that uh, we knew would get involved, some of the local guide services, and uh, just make a really great day of it. And it was pretty cool. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't hunt, and I didn't have the opportunity to hunt, and as I kind of started 
getting involved with these youth mentorships hunt more and more, I realized that there was a lot of kids that didn't have the opportunity to hunt. Their parents didn't hunt. Their family didn't hunt. Uh, and, and some of them were. Some of the kids were, you know, guided by their parents or their grandparents to get their hunting license and saw this as an opportunity for the kids to get their hunting license at a reduced cost with some mentorship involved. So, but there was a lot of kids that didn't have the hunting opportunity and they were a part of this program. And it's been cool because uh, as the kids have gotten involved over the years and, and, you know, as time has gone on, I've noticed some of these kids that still hunt to this day. It was pretty cool to say, hey, you know what? I was involved in getting those kids their hunting licenses and uh, being a part of their first initial hunts. So as long as, uh, you know, and one, of those, one of those examples is Jake who hunts with us now. Uh, Jake went through the, the mentorship program with his twin brother. Uh, they both went through it. Jake now hunts with us. Years later, I met Jake hunting, and uh, you know now his his father hunts with us. And uh, you know, I'll start it off by taking a couple of kids hunting back, you know, seven eight years ago. So it's been pretty cool. Um, but and I've learned a lot of things from taking kids hunting. And uh, you know now that my own son is is getting involved in hunting, and he's not quite old enough to get his hunting license yet. But he definitely is showing interest in hunting, and he's been out with us a pile of times over the well, since he was three or four years old. Uh, but a lot this year, pretty much every time he was uh, able to come, he would come with us. And I want to say he probably got out six, eight times this year with us. Hopefully, maybe get out one or two more before the season's over. He also had his first deer hunting experience with us this fall, which is pretty cool. So, got to be a part of a couple successful harvested deer, and. Uh, it's just been interesting to watch um, and learn from seeing kids get out and hunt. So, so these are kind of the top five things that I've learned from taking kids hunting over the last, we'll call it 10 plus years of, of kind of being a mentor and, and, and getting kids involved. So, um, and, and that's the first thing on my list here is, is kids need mentorship and guidance and being a role model for these folks and taking them out hunting and kind of being a first point of contact for them as, uh, you know, somebody who hunts. It's been pretty cool to be that person, uh, you know, or, or be in and in, in the ranks of, the, of those people. So, you know, they're going to learn by our examples. They're going to learn, you know, the safety aspects of hunting and the importance of it, uh, you know, and they're also going to learn the bad stuff. So, you know, if we're cursing or swearing or if you're a smoker or if you're, you know, chewing tobacco, they're going to they're gonna pick that stuff up too, so... Um, you know, so you kind of have to be mindful that your actions are influencing these kids and they're ultimately going to kind of put you on a pedestal as, you know, that mentor or that adult that's taking them out hunting. And if, if you say that this is the way they do things, then that's the way they're going to do it. So you have to be mindful on both ends. Um, you know, but, uh, that's kind of the main thing that I, that I've noticed. Number one is just the mentorship that these kids need and the, the, um, you know, the, the willingness to kind of belong and be a part of that. So, um, second thing I noticed is these kids need snacks and they need food. Like, man, when we go out hunting, like I think Theo packs a bigger snack bag than everyone else combined. He wants a sandwich and he's got his Yeti full of water. And, you know, when it gets cold, he wants his hot chocolate and all that stuff. Uh, he's got his own hunting bag now. So he's got his own stuff in there. He's got his own calls. He's got his own headlamp and he's got a pair of mitts and some hand warmers and, but the snacks, man, it's crazy. And, you know, of course, Miss K packs the snacks for him and uh, makes sure that he's got, you know, enough snacks. 
and it's funny because I mean, you send them to school for the day, and we pack them a lunch, and we send them out hunting for a couple hours, and I think the the snacks in that bag are about five times more than what we would send them for uh, an entire day of school. So pretty crazy, but uh, yeah, just like you know, and the and same thing when we were doing these youth mentorship hunts, like the, we'd get the kids pizzas and they'd have hamburgers, and they would just you know these young kids they just need to eat, put on the calories, and you know put uh put the feedback on so that's uh, number two on my list here is just get these kids their snacks um you know number three on my list is the uh the things that it teaches them um you know it teaches the kids where their food comes from it teaches them that uh you know animals need to be harvested for the sake of food it gives them decision making skills where uh, you know you have to kind of decide is this something that I want to do is harvest these animals and, and, and then kind of clean them and eat them and, and make processed meals out of them. So also gives them a sense of accomplishment when they can go out and harvest an animal and then bring it back and, you know, dissect it and cut it open and clean the, you know, from a, from a bird hunting standpoint, you know, clean the meat out of it, the breast meat and, and the legs and, and take that home and cook up something with it. It kind of gives them a sense of like, you know, this is something that, that not everybody gets to do. And uh, the teaching aspects of it are great. You know, and it also addresses some of the challenges that they would have to deal with in the field. Uh, you know, setting up a hide and making sure that we're covered properly and make sure the decoys are set properly. And again, I'm just using bird hunting as the oper- as the uh, example, but uh, you know, so you, you know, it can be the same with deer hunting too or turkey hunting. Like, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for challenges to present themselves, and you know, it teaches these kids to uh, that they have to develop these skills. And then, of course, the responsibility aspect of it. You know, they're you know the kids that are again, my son's not old enough quite yet to. Uh, to handle the firearm but uh, you know the responsibility of getting their own bag packed and getting up on time and making sure that they get up when the alarm goes off and making sure that they're dressed warm enough and get their boots out and get their stuff you know set up the night before you know then obviously the firearm aspect of it all the responsibility that comes along with with handling a firearm and making sure that you're using the right ammo for the right gun lots of stuff goes into to hunting and and uh you know the ability that to teach kids so that they can learn is uh, huge, and that's number three on my list. Number four on my list is the kids are just happy to be a part of it. They're happy to be out with the gang, happy to be participating in the entire process of a hunt. You know, f- from getting up in the morning to having a bowl of cereal before we leave. You know, brushing the blind, uh, hiding. You know, being. Uh, you know, in the conversation and joking around and picking on each other and laughing. Again, you know, waterfowl hunting is kind of what this podcast is about. So, you know, we took my young lad out for opening day this year and he was joking and laughing with the other guys and telling jokes and fit right in. And he's only nine, you know, and I'm just thinking like, it's so cool that he's going to grow up in a waterfowl community that embraces new hunters like himself. And he's already talking about, going to Saskatchewan or what kind of gun can I get and all that kind of stuff and you know when when can I shoot this and how many of these are we allowed and how what's the season on these and all that kind of stuff and asking so many questions and just trying to learn all the nuances that go along with hunting and and uh 
you know, like I said, just happy to be a part of it. And, um, you know, we're happy to have those kids around. So you know, going back to the youth mentorship hunt stuff, like I know we'd have a lot of these kids are just happy to be a part of having the accessibility to all this equipment and the gear and the decoys and, and the blinds and the guns and everything that goes along with uh, bird hunting. And pretty neat to, uh, to kind of be a part of that. And, of course, they're analyzing everything and kind of figuring stuff out for themselves. And it's uh, something that they're just really happy to be a part of. So, And then, uh, of course, the final thing on my list, number five on my list, is probably the most important, is kids don't really care if you limit out. You know, they're not out there for limits. Uh, they don't care if you shoot a band. They don't care how big the rack is on the on the deer. And obviously they learn that as they go. Um, and obviously they learn these things, you know, kind of going back to uh, number one on my list, you know, they're going to learn from the mentorship part of things that, you know, if uh, my mentor says that shooting a big deer is a cool thing, well, they're going to pick up on that and, and uh, they're going to kind of strive for that big antler deer or they're going to try to pick the bands out of the flock or they're going to try to strive to only shoot drakes or get a you know a limit of birds but in the initial stages they don't care they're just happy to get a bird or shoot an animal or even shoot at an animal you know the amount of laughing and carrying on that happens when these kids are out hunting and you know it's often funny they'll run out and they'll they'll think they'll know which bird is theirs like you know I shot that one and this one's mine and I could tell by the by the black head or I could tell by this and you know now reality that they're all the same it's uh it's really been a lot of fun and rewarding to do these youth mentorship hunts and so you know unfortunately COVID came along and kind of derailed our program we had and it has not got back up to snuff um you know we're working on it a lot of the fellows that were involved in it have retired from the Ministry of Natural Resources standpoint. Uh, a lot of our mentors have given up on hunting or kind of moved off. Uh, of course, the dynamic of our hunt club has changed and the business end of things has changed slightly. So, uh, But it is something we want to get back into doing. You know, So we're ideally going to have something going up for next fall. Probably will not be as big a scale as we used to do. But nevertheless, we want to continue to... Uh, get more waterfowl hunters in the game and get more people hunting in general. So, and of course, if you listen to any other podcasts, something I keep reiterating and reiterating is we need to get more people involved in bird hunting. Um, I just read an article in Delta Waterfowl Magazine where we're 10% down over last year. So we're at about 125,000 waterfowl hunters in Canada, resident waterfowl hunters. That's uh, not a great number. And uh, that article went on to state that back in the 70s, there was over a half a million, like 500,000 plus waterfowl hunters in Canada. So like we've lost 80% of the waterfowl hunters that used to hunt in Canada in, we'll call it a 50 year window, you know, since the 70s. So pretty disheartening, pretty despicable, pretty, uh, to be all honest with you, it's pretty sad. So if you're a bird hunter, you listen to this podcast, share the podcast with somebody, share bird hunting with somebody, get somebody involved in bird hunting that generally isn't, hasn't been doing it before. Um, you know, take them out, lend them your gun, put them in an extra blind, you know, and uh, spark that interest in somebody to get them out and bird hunt. And ideally it would be a young person, a young kid, even better. Because if they get into it when they're young, they're going to continue to hopefully do it all throughout their lifetime. 
um, you know, it'll become ingrained in them. So um, they're the future of this sport. And it's a lot of why I do this stuff. Um, and I've often said with my company, it's obviously, you know, a bit of a business and we run this hunt club and that's a bit of a, we run it like a business as well, but I do it because I love it. It's not because I want to make money at it. If I wanted to be a, a rich waterfowler, I don't think those two things go together. I think, uh, you know, you're always putting your hand out and digging into your pocket to spend money for something that a lot of people find ridiculous, but for whatever reason, we love it. Got to get more people involved. We're just going to get more and more expensive for us to do this. Land and opportunity and bird hunting opportunity is going to come less and less and less. We're going to find that, that it's going to become something that a lot, a lot of people do. And in that case, it's going to become expensive for those who are doing it. So, And it's not even about the money end of things. It's just, you know, it's going to be bird hunting opportunities are going to be less um, people going to bat for us at the at the community level and at the political level are going to be less and less uh, dollars spent on bird hunting are going to be less overall we need more people bird hunting so again i've often said this 125,000 people bird hunting in canada last year imagine if we each took out one new person this year and I know I've done that. Uh, and the example for me is, my, is Barry, Jake's dad. You know, he had never bird hunted before. He's in his 50s. He's been hunting since he was in his 20s or late teens. Never bird hunted in his whole life. And he just thought, you know what? I'd love to give that a try. Lent him a shotgun. Told him what gear to buy. Lent him my blinds. Lent him our stuff. Take him out with us. And he's been a great addition to our hunt club. And he's been a great addition to my, you know, I consider him a friend now. And uh, just a great overall guy that didn't bird hunt not 12 months ago. You know, he didn't, he, his first bird hunt was opening day. So now we have a new bird hunter. We have a new waterfowl migratory bird stamp uh, sale. You know, and uh, of course, Miss Kay was another one this year. She got out on her first couple of bird hunts too. So I'm trying to do my part. I'm hoping you're doing yours. And again, these are things that I've learned from taking kids hunting. And, and, of course, that number five is the biggest one of all. The kids don't care if you limit out. And in all reality, we shouldn't either. It's about getting out there and having fun, being a part of the community, shooting some birds, you know, shooting the shit with your buddies, having a good time. And uh, I think we need to sell that aspect of the sport to more and more people. And... Um, I think the world would be a better place if we did. So anyway, that's your Friday Fowl Focal Points for Friday, December the 8th. And again, I want to thank everybody for listening to this podcast. If you haven't listened to the past two podcasts, I would suggest you do so. They're both kick-ass ones. Uh, we had Bobby Easter on a couple episodes ago. We had Evan Brundage on the last one. And uh, they were both awesome, awesome shows. And uh, share them with your friends. If this doesn't grow if you don't share it. So. Uh, again, thanks for listening. If any questions or comments, send me an email at info at gohuntbirds.com. And, uh, you know, tag us in your post on social media. Share your stuff that you got going on in the bird hunting community. We love to see it. We love to see people having fun. We love to see people being successful. We love to hear stories about bands and birds and limits and kids out hunting and all that stuff and gear and the whole nine yards and everything that goes with it. So if, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, share with a friend 
and uh, we'll see you soon. Cheers.